You're listening to Brain Buster Radio. Hey there, it's Josh here from Wrestling Reverb. You're listening to Queen's Court right here on Brain Buster Radio, which is also the home of Wrestling Reverb, which you can catch every Friday. Dear ones, and welcome back to this week's episode of Queen's Court All Class, right here on Brain Buster Radio. Well, this week I am bringing you a very special episode of Queen's Court, all about the Hall of Fame. I want to book, create, generate the list of the 2020 class of the Hall of Fame, right? I want to talk about who should be in the Hall of Fame, who isn't in the Hall of Fame already. So I want to kind of fantasy book, sorry, Luke, pulling a little bit from you, but not, not too much, just a little bit. Fantasy book, the dream class of 2020. So this is going to end up being a series, okay? I think I'm going to have a couple groups of people help me generate this new class. And I'm starting off with some great guests. With me this week is a familiar voice to you if you listen to my other show, DYWTSB, the Did You Write This Stuff Bro podcast. I have pops with me. I also have the greatest graphic designer around right now, Rich from (laughs) smackdoc.co.uk, and my pal, The Beard. (laughs) He changes his name all the time, but right now it says The Beard, uh, Chris from Turnbuckle Topics. I'm so excited to bring you these group of gents. I feel like you guys are going to love their nominations, their presentations, their thoughts and opinions on who should be in the class of 2020. So they're the first three. They're going to be bringing you a wrestler or a valet or a manager or whatever of their choice to present as the first, you know, inductee into the class of 2020. They also get an honorable mention. And they're going to explain why that individual should be in the Hall of Fame what reasons they think that they aren't in the Hall of Fame yet, credentials, you know, give give me the reason why this person, this individual, or individuals, could be plural, should be involved in the next class of the Hall of Fame. Additionally, I'm going to ask a few little questions, and we're going to get into the nitty gritty of their choices. First up, is my pal Rich from Smack Talk UK and his choices for the Hall of Fame. So without further ado, babies, a very special holding court with Queen. 
Hey, wrestling fans. Are you passionate about all things WWE? If you're craving a funny, banner-filled podcast that breaks it all down, from Raw to SmackDown Live, every single pay-per-view, and even some NXT, you belong with us at DYWTSB. Join host Mort with Pops, James E., and Queen as they discuss it all. You will not be disappointed. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, and at DYWTSB on Twitter. We will see you there. All right, everyone, and we're back from that quick commercial break. And as promised, I have my first guest here the hottest graphic designer of wrestling merch around, my pal Rich from Smack Talk UK. How are you, my friend? Hello, Queen. Yes, uh, doing <laughs> doing not too bad. A um, little bit ravaged from being in New York for a week, as I'm sure you were already aware. But uh, yeah, here today to uh, be a part of your wonderful podcast. Oh, well, thank you so much, jet lag and all, for being here. <laughs> <laughs> jet lagged up the wazoo, yeah, completely oh, out of it. Thing. I know, I feel so bad. But I'm so excited to have you on, and I gotta know, like, how was your trip to New York? Um, possibly the single most insane 10 days of my life, um, <laughs> in the best way. Okay. Just lifelong dream, like. Ever since I was a tiny kid, I've always wanted to go to the States and WrestleMania and to actually be a part of the entire week and not just in a like a, a pleasure capacity, but in the sense of actually in a work capacity of meeting so many of the amazing wrestlers I've designed for and getting to catch up with everybody. It's just been a fantastic time. So um, Matt, and I just should say thank you to everybody that took the time out to, to chat with me and and to catch up. That was very much appreciated and amongst their busy schedules. Well, that's awesome. And I know you were at the uh, Bullet Club block party. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a party that was, my God. Yeah, was it fun? We got there at like, what was it, quarter to nine in the morning. Um, just completely blitzed from the night before. And it was amazing. Again, like, great day. Um, Steve and Tamma put on one heck of a party. And uh, it was so nuts seeing like my shirt walking around everywhere and people really being appreciative of it and loving the design. So, uh, yeah, very, very happy with that. That's right, listeners. This is the man. I'm bringing you the man <coughs> who designed <laughs> that official, beautiful Black Party shirt. How I, can cool I be that? the man? Because, well, Becky Lynch is the man. So can well, I? You're like the graphic design man, right? If we, okay. if we can yeah, we it, that. she won't be mad. Yeah, okay, let's go with that. Because <laughs> Although we were saying over the course of WrestleMania week, can Becky Lynch technically be the man if she hasn't beaten Ric Flair? I mean, that's a really solid point. I don't know. Because no one's asking that. We need to know. Like, add us on Twitter here, okay? We need to know. Can she really be the man if she hasn't beaten Ric Flair? Ooh, that's a pontification for another time. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just broke in there. You know, sorry about that. That's okay, you can. <laughs> Cool. It's all love here on Queen's Court. Ah. <laughs> well, at least we try to. So, the reason you're here, my friend, is to talk Hall of Fame. So, mm -hmm. as I've told everyone already, just a brief recap, we are trying to book, create the class of 2020, next year's WrestleMania card. Gotcha. And I've asked you and the couple of other guests we have on later to pick 
you know, one one person, wrestler, valet, manager, whatever it is that you want that you believe should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. But is it, right? Yeah. So we're going to start with telling your nomination, okay. their credentials, and like a little bit about them for their Hall of Fame entry, if you will. Sure. Okay. This could be fun. I'm so ready. I'm so ready for this. I wish I was. I'm absolutely <laughs> screwed. <laughs> no, you're not. No, I've, I've got my list. I've got my list. I know you do. You're so prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Such a... That was an inward snort that just burst out then. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm trying not to pull back the curtain too much there, pal. <laughs> my curtains are just shredded and falling off the rail. Oh. <laughs> all so right, fine. buddy. What do you got? So, what do you like me to open with? Celebrity, wrestler, valet? Who would you like? Pick your wrestler. So, this is probably going to be the single most obvious choice known to human existence, but I have to say Undertaker. Oh, okay. Talk to me about that. So, I mean, his credentials speak for themselves. Um, Absolute locker room leader. Has been around since forever has reinvented himself multiple times as the American badass and big evil and you name it, he's done it. Um, when you think of wrestling, like if you say to someone, do you watch wrestling? And they go either, Oh, that's the thing with Hulk Hogan in it. Or that's the thing with the undertaker in it. Those two names are on a level mm-hmm. and you're either in one of either of those camps. For me, as much as I loved Hogan growing up, undertaker was my, my guy like he was the person i gravitated to probably the most i've always liked the darker side of things and um so i got really intrigued by that character it was so different to everybody else like everyone was a, a larger than life cartoon character you know they were all um sort of very brightly colored you know i love bret hart with his black and pink or Shawn mm-hmm. michaels white and the red you know or hogan with the yellow and red and it was all bright colors and then there's this thing this dead man with <laughs> black and purple and i'm like whoa who is that dude and it helped the fact he was like seven foot you know just this monster (laughs) and he was terrifying like legit terrifying um i remember being genuinely scared when i think it was it lex luger that was in the ring and he turns around and there's just this wreath (laughs) stood there and basically this guy just saying yeah you're dead like good luck pal you know and yeah no one else was doing that. No one else was looking like a legit killer. Um, and then obviously going through, excuse me, with um, the American badass gimmick back in, in like 2000, 2001 and his match with Kurt Angle, at, um, I think it was fully loaded. He just destroyed him. It was probably the loudest last ride I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> just a gun going off. And it's just, you know, he's so, so solid in the ring. He's so different to everybody else. Um, f- literally phenomenal. You know, they call him the phenom. He is literally phenomenal. Um, if he's not in next year, it will be the year after. But I would hazard a guess at saying next year for definite. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that. I think it's either next year or the year after. And I'm mm-hmm. curious as to why you think he hasn't been inducted already. There's been plenty of wrestlers who have been inducted and have came back, quote unquote, out of retirement, so to speak, right? But see, 
the Undertaker hasn't actually retired yet. Well, there it is. Yeah. So, so this is the thing. Um, and I'll, I'll touch on this later on with another one of my choices. Um, sure, sure. But Undertaker's still active. Right. Technically. I mean, okay, he does his one and dones every year, but he's doing an appearance at Starcast. You know, he's still very much an active part of the wrestling scene. And mm-hmm. I mean, showed up, obviously showed up on, um, on television this week, you know, on Raw. So I, it, it's not been his time yet. And there's always been that doubt as to whether he will or will not show up at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. you know, so you kind of don't want to be breaking that mystique by having him in the hall of fame while he's still active. Cause when you induct a person into the hall of fame, you know, it's going to be Mark Calloway, isn't it? That's the story sure. that's going to get told is Mark Calloway. We know the story of the undertaker, it's been so well documented, but we're going to get the the man that's behind the character. Mm-hmm. So if you've still got the character active and Undertaker's old school, you know, to coin a phrase, he's very much kayfabe. Doesn't it was only in recent years he's ever done interviews outside of wrestling. Right. So for me, while he's still an active part of being that Undertaker character, putting him in the Hall of Fame is a, a non-option. Yeah, no, I, I think you're entirely right there, and I, I so agree. You can't have the man there. It, it breaks everything apart. It's so I totally, totally understand it. And this is the first WrestleMania he hasn't shown up at in a, in a very yeah. long time. <laughs> so Very weird. Like, it, it is, especially right? Especially when he turned up on Raw the next night. I, I mean, know. okay, that was a hell of a surprise. I mean, we were popping like crazy, but it was weird that he was on Raw, but not at WrestleMania. It was so indeed. I, I suppose it's like weaning a baby off of the bottle. You know, it's that thing of um, we we have to get used to him not being at WrestleMania. So they've taken him off the WrestleMania card, put him on the Raw card just so he can be around. But then it will just be that phasing out kind of thing. Yeah, no, I think that's pro- and that's probably the best way to do it, right? Don't t- don't take our candy all at once. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Leave us something. But did you miss him at WrestleMania? Yeah. You Absolutely. Um, we were discussing, I say we, uh, talking Gaijin Club, um, we were all in the crowd and discussing the rumours that Elias was going to be interrupted by The Undertaker and then Sting was going to interrupt The Undertaker and they were going to have a match. Um, but obviously we got the Doctor of Thugonomics, which was amazing. Um, <laughs> I've never, I will hands up say I've never been a John Cena fan. Um mm-hmm. But I loved that. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> me. Like that was amazing. So uh, yeah, very cool well, thing. And, well, and how we do you got not in... love that, right? Well, it was just so well done. It was. And I just no one expected it. That was the yeah. thing. Like I love something that's not expected. So to have that happen, and he cut one hell of a promo. It was so good. Um. Yeah, that was a very cool thing. But obviously, you know, I'd have loved to have seen Undertaker at Mania. But, I mean, we were all discussing it afterwards and said, like, there's literally, apart from Stone Cold and The Rock, we got mm-hmm. everything you could possibly want out of that WrestleMania week. Like, everyone that could show up showed up. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I would have felt if if Undertaker had interrupted Elias instead and then Sting came out. I mean, it would have been just epic, but... I don't know. Like I miss the undertaker, but I also feel like his matches now are so different than they used to be. Yeah. I just want to remember him the way that he was 
and not what it is now. Yeah, like, you know? like mm-hmm. that's just my my take on it. I mean, I love the I love the man. He's my one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He's in like my Mount Rushmore, if you will, of yeah. wrestlers, and I, I, I love him. But Undertaker's probably a surefire lock for everyone's top ten. I mean, it has to be, right? Has yeah. to be. The man is beyond his wrestling accolades, just the persona and the fact that he was able to do this, the longevity of his career alone. It's un- unimaginable. Right? I mean, it's unimaginable, screaming. really. Yeah, absolutely. We've been talking a good 10 minutes on The Undertaker and not even mentioned the streak yet. I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's why he should go in, basically. All of those yeah. reasons. I totally agree with you, and that's a solid choice. So, if anybody's listening, <laughs> we want him. We want him soon inducted into our Hall of Fame. So, do you have anybody that you want to give like a little honorable mention? Hey, I want this person, whomever they might be, involved in the Hall of Fame class of 2020. Yeah, so... This is one that, um, again, we discussed, uh, Gaijin Club discussed it over the course of the week. And we actually got the chance to meet him at WrestleCon. An awesome Ooh. dude as well. Uh, Christian. Oh, my God. Awesome. Got to be Christian. Um, you've got Edge in the Hall of Fame. And obviously, you know, Christian was as big a part of all the history that those guys made as anybody. Um you know, with the TLC matches and everything else, but he's so massively overlooked when it comes to to talking about, you know, you talk about Edge, but Christian kind of fades out. So I think he deserves his props. Um, massively underrated in the ring as well, like really solid wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, his, and his TNA run was f- amazing. Like he had a really great run in TNA that no one really talks about. Yeah, that's very true. You're right on that. So that's he's definitely my honorable mention. So for Christian, why do you think that he's not in yet? I mean, he's been out for a while. So I mean, in all truth, I don't think I can answer that because mm. you thought he'd have gone in pretty quickly after Edge. Um, the only thing I can think with some of these people is that they've said, actually, do you know what? I don't want it. Um, I don't think I deserve it or you know, perhaps they're, they're down on themselves. Like we're always our own worst critics. So maybe, um, I mean, he was a, a, a choice like for my honorable mention between himself and Owen Hart and Owen Hart mm. is someone that I always said should be in, but obviously there's the reasons there that are well documented. So I, that's why I didn't go down that route, but sure, sure. Christian for me is, is right up there. He should definitely be considered if not put in. I, I actually really agree. And he's on, like my short list of people that I, I always question why not, and I can't figure out why not. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I guess I guess it's going to be one of those things. Either it's going to happen or it's not going to happen, but I really hope it does. He's one of my favorite underrated wrestlers of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for the man who's called Captain Charisma, it's going to be one hell of a speech, right? Oh, it's going to be great. The jokes, can you imagine? Oh, oh it's going to be hilarious. hysterical. Absolutely. I can't wait for Edge to give the speech to induct him. <laughs> yeah, although they'll tear each other to pieces. Oh, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> They're the hilarious. Their podcast is hilarious. Oh, I love Their it. And show, the Edge so show, yeah, it's yeah. the whole thing. Pot of awesomeness and, yeah. Yeah, great, absolutely. Great pairing. If, you know, if you could bottle chemistry and sell it, it would be theirs. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Those two. Oh, man. So you were just recently at a Hall of Fame ceremony uh, a week today. ago today. My God, it was, wasn't it? Bloody hell. Isn't that crazy? Wow. It has. So what's your favorite Hall of Fame ceremony? You mean apart from the one I was at? Yeah, sure. I mean, it could be that one, too. <laughs> I mean, obviously that one's like up there, but it well, was. Well, sure, you were there in person, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it was a very different experience actually being there live to mm-hmm. watching it on TV. Um, but actually, it, it wasn't my favourite. Um, okay. My favourite was the 2014 Hall with uh, Ultimate Warrior, Jake the Snake, Scott Hall, Lita. Um, that was one heck of a class. Yeah, right. That just so deserved it. You know, and I, I, I don't like using the word deserved it because I've always been a, a thing of or a person that says no one deserves anything. You always earn it. And those right. people definitely earned their place. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I totally agree. Totally agree. That's one of my favorite Hall of Fames as well. So great choice. <laughs> but now that you've been in, you know, person yeah. to one and you've watched them on the screen. How do you think they should be produced, right? Because this one was in a wrestling ring. Yeah, I liked that. You liked uh, that. Okay, talk about I it a little bit. I thought it was very cool. Mm-hmm. The only downside to it is when you're presenting from the stage, you're facing everybody. Right. When you're presenting from the ring, you're facing the hard camera, so the people behind you don't get to see your face. So, And I don't think you should be paying a heck of a lot of money to go to an event to watch it on TV. Yes. So, you know, I, I as I said to the guys, I I didn't fly three thousand miles or whatever it is from the UK to the US to watch it on television. Right. You know, I want to be there and experiencing it. So, from that perspective, I think it should have been on the stage. But in terms of actual presentation, it looked amazing when they were in the wrestling ring. I thought that was a beautiful setup and the, the steps up one side, you know, it was, it was a really well put together production. My only other thing that I would say, and this mm-hmm. is a major sticking point mm-hmm. is security needs to be so much tighter. Yeah. Because we all know what happened and it we was, do. I have never taken such a sharp intake of breath in my life and felt so sick thinking I'd just seen someone die. That yeah. was how I felt. Um, and I'd met Bret Hart that day at WrestleCon. Oh, wow. So we literally, we went to WrestleCon, paid for our photo with Bret, met him, spoke to him, shook his hand, thanked him for being a huge part of why I'm a wrestling fan, you know, and for everything he's done. And then went to Hall of Fame to see him get inducted as part of the Hart Foundation and saw some beep, 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 attack him. Mm who could have had anything on him. I mean, we go through metal detectors. It wouldn't have been necessarily like a gun, but certainly you could, he could have had a plastic knife on him. He could have had acid on him. Like you just don't know. And someone who's that lunatic that would try and attack a man who survived cancer and a stroke and a, a wrestling icon, you know, in a room filled with his peers and his fans, you have to be some kind of deranged psychotic to want to do Absolutely. that. And I, really restraining how I feel about that right now because I'm so angry about it. Um, Mm -hmm. If that guy ever is able to walk the streets again, I'll be surprised. Yeah. Well, (laughs) 
I know. And I, I was at the G1, as you know, and I messaged you right away because I knew you were there. And I was you like, oh, my God, like, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, um, it was just insane. And the weirdest part about that as well was the fact that within an hour of it happening, Enzo and Cass rushed the ring at your event at G1. Dude. So there was all sorts of rumor going around. Like, was it Enzo at the Hall of Fame? That was the the weirdest one. Like, literally five minutes after it happened, someone goes, I just heard that Enzo rushed the Hall of Fame and attacked Brett. And then he literally turns up at G1. Yeah, he did. (laughs) It was so weird. And we thought maybe it was one of his posse and it was a coordinated thing or God knows. Well, it seemed like way too opportunistic timing wise, right? So I could see how people would would kind of put that together. But they're two, you know, two totally different incidences. And one is a work and one's not. So there's that. But yeah, it's just such horrendous timing. And I'm actually surprised that after that news got out that um, Ring of Honor and because New Japan knew nothing about the Enzo thing, from what I understand. Um, it certainly came across. Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Cross that way. Yeah. Being there. Yes. And that from what I've been hearing from people as well, mm-hmm. the, the New Japan guys didn't actually know it was going to go down. I'm surprised yeah. they went ahead, to be honest. I am too, and it makes me wonder, like, because it wasn't in that far apart, like, timing-wise. It was Like, I remember... Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. What were you saying? So I was just saying it was literally within an hour of yeah, each other. Yeah, within an hour, really, it was. Yeah. And... The reason I found out right away is because the the gentleman sitting next to me was like, yo, did you see what happened or did you hear what happened? And yeah. I was like, no, what are you talking about? We, and we talked about it. And then literally I blinked and then there's these two jack offs. And I'm like, uh, what? why why would they still allow this to happen? Right. Mm. Um, yeah. Especially because to all of us and to the New Japan boys, this was a surprise. Yeah. So, like, can you imagine how they must have felt like who, who are these people coming out? Why are they here? And like, are they really beating up the Briscoes or like, what, like, do we jump in? Like what's going on? You know? Right. And especially as well after you've all, cause they're going to have heard like backstage, there's going to be rumblings of, Oh my God, Brett's just been attacked at the hall of fame. Right. And then, cause you know, they're going to be stood there going, Oh great. Now it's happening to us too. Right. So I, just to me, that was a really poor choice. Um, so as I say, I think security at Hall of Fame needs to be so much tighter to yeah. stop this kind of thing. And in general, you know, you, you just shouldn't have any ability to get to a wrestler in the center of an arena at all. You no. know, like, I mean, we all musicians and music fans remember what happened to Dimebag. Sure. You know, how he got killed on stage yep. by a crazy fan. Uh, I'm always quoting Frank Zappa. He got shoved off stage into an orchestra pit by a crazy fan. You know, these things mm-hmm. have happened throughout entertainment. Absolutely. And they should not be able to happen. No, I so totally what, agree. You know, and we're talking decades here. Like this is, this has been going on since the dawn of anything. Mm-hmm. So why is it that someone in this day and age, post 9-11, post 7-7, post all these 
tragic events, how is someone able to get that access through everything? You know, I mean, this guy, yeah. um, there's pictures of, you know, I've taken pictures of the layout of Hall of Fame mm-hmm. where like an, uh, the sort of crowd in the stands, he came as I was facing the Tron. So as you're looking at the Titan Tron, he mm-hmm. came down the right side of the arena. Th- oh, so he sort of came over the gu- over the rail, down the right hand side, between two sections of seating where there was wrestlers sat, slid into the ring and was able to grab Bret Hart. He should have been stopped before he even hit the rail. I don't even know how he made it over the rail, let alone. And yeah, but to their credit, Shane McMahon and mm. um, oh God, what's his name? Travis Brown mm-hmm. uh, were in the ring as the guy made contact with Brett. So they were literally on the scene that fast. Like they hadn't even hit the deck and they were already grabbing the guy. Right. So, but he, he shouldn't have been able to get to that point in the first place is what I'm saying. Oh no, I absolutely agree with you. That was the first thing I thought of. And what we had spoken of is I can't believe he got even in the ring, let alone past all these seats. A, B, how horrific it was to see that. And then C, the response from the people, Mm. Shane, Travis, The New Day. Oh, yeah. Natty. Like, hats off. She took the brunt of that fall, too. She really did. Yeah. Love for those guys. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that was really horrendous about it um, that no one's really sort of talked about, we talk about the actual incident itself, but Mm -hmm. the feeling of being sat in the stand powerless and watching i literally watched the guy approach the ring and i'm sat there powerless to do anything about it and you just you can't like you just because we were right up in the stands Mm -hmm. and that's horrifying like because you're about to witness something you know you're about to witness something and you're powerless to stop it and you want it to stop like no one sort of talked about the emotional impact of that and i mean imagine there's kids in that audience Imagine yeah. focusing on heart die. Oh, I can't. I can't even like think about that. And that, to me, is like the biggest thing of this is, and I, I know it sounds melodramatic, but it's it's truth. You know, he could, as I said earlier, he could have been carrying anything. You know, mm-hmm. non-metallic. And I don't want that to be some tip for some prick that decides they want to try and copycat. No. Because if you know, that's not what this is about. This is about stopping this right now. No more of this stuff, you know, and actually having yeah. proper security around the edge of the arena because they put them there afterwards. That's great. You know, the horse is already bolted and you shut the gate. Great one. But have them there from the start. Oh, it, you know, yeah. yes, it's the Hall of Fame, but it's an event. It's a, a public spectacle. And that's yeah. where these things occur. And they you need know, to be protected. The, they need yeah. to be protected. And, and the WWE should be shelling out the cash to yeah. have these security guards present at every single entry and exit point. There should be no way that anybody who's non-essential personnel or required <laughs> to be there should be anywhere near these people. And I feel like that's why I was asking like how you feel about the production of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, I, I think having fans there is, is a wonderful thing, right? We all get to appreciate yeah. their induction as well but, but you know, I mean, the kind of behavior it's going to be i feel I, like that's just not you got to figure that out I, th- I think you need to be a lot harder on fans for that event especially because mm-hmm. i mean it's one thing to to cheer and boo a, a wrestling event like a an actual match but 
where we were sat, there was a guy right in front of us who threw out the entirety of Tori Wilson's speech was going like just taking the piss and saying things like, Oh yeah, boring and all this, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, yeah, no one cares. And I just linked right into, I just went, I fucking care. Like that. Yeah. I shut him right up. Good Cause I was you. like, I'm so angry. Like be there. Yeah. But show some goddamn respect. Yeah, I don't care know- who's being inducted. Show them the proper respect. You know? Yeah. Sorry, people this is, people are I'm very vocal really today. Angry. You know what I mean? No, that's yeah. okay. So people are very vocal it. these days, right? On yeah. Twitter and especially in person. People just say whatever that they want to say and they don't take the time to measure their words the, and check the themselves. Show, you know? The show's not about them. No. Not getting inducted. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's not about you. Stop trying to put yourself over and chanting shit at a Hall of Fame event. I'm sick of the you deserve it. One more match. You still got it. Fuck you. Stop chanting. Sorry, I've got <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I was going to do a rant today about this as well on mine, but I, I, I'm getting it out now. So sorry. You've, you've oh, bought the fire. Was, <laughs> Thanks a lot. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, but I digress. Um, <laughs> You're totally fine. I absolutely understand, especially because you were there, right? So it's it's very different. Um, it is. As I say, it's it's that feeling of being powerless to stop it. Just seeing it happening, going, like, and I, I don't want to be too graphic about it, but, like, my ball shrunk and went up inside myself because I was like, like, you know when you get that fight or flight and you just, your yeah. adrenaline kicks, like, I've got to stop this, and then you realize I'm 100 foot up in the air and I can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Horrendous, absolutely horrendous. And I'm sorry, I've, I've really lowered the tone there, and I do apologise to your listeners. That's okay. Don't worry. I'm sure they'll be very interested in your perspective because you know not everybody got to go, and not everybody witnessed that thing, and not everybody wants to witness that thing. So I thank you for speaking out about it, and hopefully, you know, things change in the future. Yeah. You know me, I'm I'm brutally honest about this stuff. Yes, so. you are. Yes, you are, and that's good. We like that. Cool. So the last question I want to ask before we wrap it up are okay. your thoughts on these several quote unquote two time Hall of yeah. Famers, okay. right? It's like Booker T. Now it's a two time, right? Yeah. So and there's a couple of people who are now in that in that uh, club, if you will, yeah. and you know Triple H just got inducted with DX, no yeah. doubt. We'll go He's going to get inducted yeah. on his mm. soloness. <laughs> So how do you feel about two-time Hall of Famers? It's a strange one. Like mm-hmm. I don't mind it at all because okay. I think it's vital to induct the Four Horsemen. Mm. At the same time, these are individuals as part of a team. So do you induct the team or do you induct all the individuals? So right. my thing is, like, take we've talked about them already, Edge and Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Edge went in his own. No doubt Christian will go in on his own. But then can you also induct them as Edge and Christian? Right. Because then they're going in again for the same reasons they went in solo. Mm-hmm. So you're now differentiating their careers based on when they were a tag team and when they were solo wrestlers. But the reason they were successful solo wrestlers is because they came up as a team and were Correct. massively popular. Same with Harlem Heat. You know, Booker T, massive draw as part of Harlem Heat. Then went sure. on to have a huge solo career which he's obviously better known for um but stevie ray would 
never have got a look in if you were only inducting people based on their singles careers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I like it. I don't mind it. Cool with me. Um, Ric Flair deserves all the accolades he's got. You know, he's a two timer. Uh, I think is he actually is he a three timer? Oh, uh, he's part of the Four Horsemen, and he went in solo. Those are the two, the only two that I know. Yeah, and he, Evolution hasn't gone. No, and I don't know that it will. No, I don't know that it's, it will either. Because then you, <laughs> it's going to be him and Triple H with twenty rings between them. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think it's two. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah. Sorry, this is the jet lag. Normally, I'm so much more focused than this, and I can just go, <laughs> yeah. Okay. He went in in 1970, whatever. Um, but yeah, I I have no problem with people being two-time Hall of Famers as long as they get the recognition for the careers that they've had. Yeah. Basically. I agree. I understand what you're saying. It's just an interesting question, right? Because a lot of people have uh, kind of divided opinions about it. So I had to ask you. Just had to ask you. Fair enough. Can I quickly throw in my other picks, my valet manager and celebrity, just because I feel like... Just, I'm not going to dominate your time, but I just want to get them in <laughs> there. Go ahead. Like. So for Valet, I think you know who I'm going to say already. Mm-hmm. Miss Elizabeth. Okay. <laughs> because she has to, right? All right. I mean, she was a massive part of Macho Man's success, and he's already gone in. So uh, Miss Elizabeth has to go in at some point. Um, For Celebrity, and this is a, a the Britisher in me. It's got to be Lemmy and Motorhead, hasn't it? I would think so, too. <laughs> yeah. Got to put the boys in. Got to. And for manager, Paul Heyman. Yeah, of course. Got to be, right? Got to yeah. be. But like The Undertaker, he's still very much active and won't go in into his career. is like dust in the wind. So with that regard, stick Jim Cornette in. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, Good old co- yeah, God well, God bless him. That's right. I'll or, just say that. God bless him. We could stick in the toxic waste dump that is Dave Meltzer. <laughs> no. <Sorry. laughs> I can't. I have such warm and fuzzy diuretic feelings for Dave Meltzer. It's well, clearly. Goodness gracious. I've turned on this one. I've turned heel. That's, you that's have heel. You've turned heel on Queen's Court. What is happening? <laughs> inherited the new york minute and come back as just a <laughs> sick bastard that she... <laughs> it's changed you it's changed you <laughs> i didn't punch someone in the airport i was just like oh, get out of the way <laughs> so angry oh well well you know what it's okay i'm sure after you sleep a little bit the healness yeah. will wear off i yes, like the yeah. heel so you can keep him it's oh, okay fair enough <laughs> i like you anyway oh bless you you're very kind <laughs> So, my friend, please tell the good people, my Queen's Courtiers, where they can find you, all that good information. Well, uh, probably in prison um, after <laughs> this. I've probably smacked a small child in the face and kicked the parents and whatnot. Uh, no. no, you you can fo- follow me, should you wish to, at smacktalk underscore UK on Twitter, Instagram, uh, I think Facebook's probably the same as well. Um, you can follow me personally at Rich Baker Draws across pretty much all social platforms. Um, I suppose I could plug at Lucha. What was it? At Lucha underscore UK. Uh, my Lucha Underground fan site slash merch store in the UK. Um, that is UK specific. So, you know, Celebi. Um, other than that, yeah, just 
follow me around and see what happens. All right, pal. Well, thank you so much for coming on Queen's Court. It was my absolute pleasure to have you. No worries. Absolute blast to be here. Hopefully uh, speak to you again very soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, everyone. David Conrad here, owner of the Gorilla Position Wrestle Store. We're an online store headquartered in San Antonio, Texas, bringing you the best in original wrestling shirts, accessories, collectibles, and more. We're glad to be partnering with Brain Buster Radio, and to thank them, and to thank you, we're offering 10% off all purchases with the coupon code BRAINBUSTA. That's B-R-A-I-N-B-U-S-T-A. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under at GP Wrestle Store, or check out our website, www.gpwrestlestore.com. Remember, when you want the best wrestling experience, you gotta hang out in gorilla position. All right, and we're back with my friend Pops from DYWTSB. How are you? Doing wonderful today. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Thank you for allowing <laughs> me the pleasure of your company for this awesome episode. So, of course, as you know, I've asked you to come up with your your draft picks, if you will, for the Hall of Fame class of 2020. So if you were going to help me book this Hall of Fame class for next year, who do you believe is the one wrestler, valet, manager, whatever, that you think needs to be in the Hall of Fame but isn't? So I want to start with their credentials, the person, your thoughts on, you know, why they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And then I'll ask you a couple of questions afterwards. This one's easy for me. I've been pushing for Miss Elizabeth to become a <laughs> Hall of Famer since before it was a thing to have China become one. Um, to me, she's... Did she do a whole lot? No, but she actually did a lot more than what people might think she did. Um, I mean, she was the first lady of professional wrestling, if you really think about it. I mean, you can say anybody else was, but who? Tell me who. You know? <laughs> right. Um, she was classy. And, you know, people shit on me all the time for saying it, but there is, in my opinion, no Randy Savage without Miss Elizabeth. There's there's no Mega Powers implosion without Miss Elizabeth. Without her, we would have missed a good portion of our childhood wrestling memories. She was just simply a, a part of every memory that I can remember. I mean, when she came running down to save Randy when Sherry was whooping his ass and they finally hugged after all the time that they were apart, I knew that was love. I mean, <laughs> I don't even remember how old I was, but that's that's all I learned about love because I felt it. And you could see that. I mean, they're even going to their wedding, I mean... Yeah, they might have been married for how many ever years before, but it felt real. The whole thing just felt real. Uh, and I don't know who booked it, who wrote it, if that was, you know, Pritchard and Patterson or whoever it was, but whoever it was used her in a way that gave us more than our fair share of wonderful memories. And if that's not enough for her to be in, alongside with Randy, then I I don't know what else we can do for her. Mm. 
It's a good point. Now, I'm wondering, though, why do you think she's not in already then? If that was, if you're saying that, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you're not the only one who shares this opinion, that she was so vitally important, then why is she not in the Hall of Fame already? Well, a lot of people like to think that Vince holds these grudges against everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one of our co-hosts just thinks Vince <laughs> hates everybody. No. Uh, you know, so a lot of people will say, oh, you know, Vince holds a grudge for her leaving and going to WCW. I don't buy it. Look how many people have shit all over Vince McMahon for the last 30 plus years that have either come back or in the Hall of Fame right now. Uh, what I think really is the possibility that's keeping her out is all the shady stuff that kind of led to her death, mm-hmm. the overdose, yeah. all of that. But you know what? We we have China in now, so I'm, I'm happy for China and China's family, but I really hope that we can honor Miss Elizabeth very soon. Um, and if, if I'm wrong about the reasons why she's not in, then somebody really needs to tell me why she's not in. Yeah, please add us on Twitter. We want to know. Because I, I was just going to ask and, and see your thoughts on that. I was going to say, don't you think China coming in with DX kind of opens the door for other such, you know, former employees, former, you know, performers of many capacities to come in that weren't necessarily, I'd say, towards the front of the list? Well, I, I'm not going to pretend that I remember everybody that's in the Hall of Fame, but I believe Sonny is a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Sonny is a Skype porno person. person. I don't know what to call her. That's fine. Uh, person is good. <laughs> we'll, we'll say person. Yeah. You know, Sonny, if Sonny could be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> then Miss Elizabeth. A, a lady. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to use words that, that are, <laughs> that doesn't, that, you know. Yeah. make it sound like she should be there but all i want to say is like what the fuck yeah no the, I the get classiest it. lady of the 80s and the early 90s that isn't in the hall of fame but your number one downloaded woman on aol turned rabid drunk alcoholic slut and skype personality is in the hall of fame uh, i'm china yeah. did porn Yes, China did porn with, with someone else who's in. Yes, who's right. also got went into the Hall of Fame with her this year. And hey, kudos. I mean, I'm gonna judge how people make their money. No, nope, but do you tell me why Miss Elizabeth is not in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that for sure. So let's hope that someone's listening here, and we get Miss Elizabeth into the Hall of Fame, if not next year, somewhere very very soon. So I'm a little curious if you had any honorable mentions, could be more than one if you've thought of anybody that you thought should be in the Hall of Fame but isn't and would like to be in our fantasy, you know, class of 2020. That's another easy one for me. Big Van <laughs> Vader. Ooh. Big Van Vader. Uh, I'm a, I might be a little bit biased. Uh I mean, the Mastodon mask scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I ain't going <laughs> to lie. Yeah. But he was a phenomenal big man who could do just about anything. Um, 
Now, I know we're talking about WWE Hall of Fame. He never really, I don't believe he ever held a championship in WWE, which kind of sounds crazy to me. But if you look at his whole career, he was a part, I mean, he was the first non-Japanese wrestler to hold the IWGP title. Mm-hmm. That's huge. You know? Big time. Um, he, he went, what, 350 and did a moonsault that looked as graceful as a cruiserweight. Mm-hmm. Not all the time. Not all the time, the time, but most of the time, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I just think that we can, we don't have to always look at the WWE, WWF credentials if we're going to do this and say, okay, this man had a career of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know... I can't, I really wish that he would uh, he would be able to have been in before he passed away. Mm. I, I think that would have meant the world to him and his family. But at this point, there's really no reason why he shouldn't be. Sure. Yeah, I hear you. So I know because I know you that you've been to a Hall of Fame ceremony before. Yes, I have. And yes, you have. And I'm sure, (laughs) especially after this year's Hall of Fame, that you may have some thoughts on favorite Hall of Fame ceremony. And maybe after that, tell me how the Hall of Fame should be produced. Well, my favorite is going to be the 2007 Hall of Fame that I was at. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Even if I wasn't there. Uh, this probably would have been my favorite class other than maybe the year that uh, Flair went in just because I'm a huge Flair guy. No, you are. But these guys, I mean, this, we had the Wild Samoans, Jim Ross, the Sheik, Mr. Fuji, Nick Bockwinkle, Jerry the King, Mr. Perfect, and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes in this class. What a class. What the To be in the (laughs) building, oh, man, I'm telling you, uh, I, there are very few things in life that I get emotional about. Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Because when you find the perfect home, you don't want to lose it to anybody else. Rocket Technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers and their agents greater confidence in you. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this, what can help you buy the home you really want? Rocket can. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. That's rocketmortgage.com or call 8338-ROCKET. 
A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information appraisal and title report. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030. The funny thing is, is wrestling is one of them. Um, wrestling, uh, professional wrestling and I have this this very weird history together. <laughs> um, it's, it's like a my favorite brother that I love to hate sometimes or something. It's very different. But yeah, this class to me, two Hall of Famers, um, two Hall of Fame commentators, Jim Ross, other than maybe Gordon Soley, is in my opinion the best commentator in the history of the business. Uh, here's another thing that people can shit on me for. Michael Cole is is right behind him. Uh, oh, people Jesus. Don't, yeah, I'm telling you, Michael oh, Cole no. is right behind him, and you can oh, at me at Uncle P2009. My um, God. Jerry the I... King was a great partner for him, but, mm. uh, but his body of work outside of the WWE Mm-hmm. far surpasses what he did inside the WWE. Kind of like the same with uh, Vader. Mm. And I mean, in the, in the dream, I mean... Is the dream. Being in that theater when when uh, Cody was talking about his father, yeah. Yep. Tears. <laughs> right in the Go feels. Go back and watch it. If it doesn't hit you in the feels, you can at me at Uncle P2009. <laughs> We might um, have to talk about that a little more for sure. <laughs> uh, and then the other was how it should be produced. Yeah. Right? Right. Well, it, it, it should be produced in a smaller venue that's more intimate. Um, keep, in my opinion, keep the ticket sales to select WrestleMania travel packages. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, if, if somebody's going to drop that, you know, four or five grand on that travel package, they're not there to be an asshole in the crowd. That's for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, it, it, to me, it should feel more like an exclusive award ceremony rather than some large production event, which is what we got the last couple of years. This year was even worse. Um, taking away the stage and putting them inside of a ring with three sides of the ropes. I, I just didn't like that. I, it took away some of the prestige, I guess, for me. And then yeah. just like this one in, in 2007, you know, mandate that everyone should dr- have dress attire on. Mm-hmm. You know, coming in cutoffs and, and, you know, T-shirts, you're coming dressed nicely. There's going to be no signs available or allowed. Right. And even though you'll never be able to stop chanting, if you strongly discourage it, with the fans that want to be at the Hall of Fame because they want to appreciate the people that are getting inducted, they'll follow those rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really not hard. I know Vince now he's talking about not letting fans be there. That's not the answer. No, I don't agree with that either. The answer is a very simple one. You don't take it from an intimate ceremony and make it a 12,000 plus person event. It just the crowd takes away from everything. Mm-hmm. This year, uh, you know, I anybody that's ever talked to me knows I hate asshole fans. Mm. Uh, and I don't want to ramble on too much, but when John Cena is talking about the work that he's done or the work that Sue has done with Make a Wish, 
Yeah. For those idiots to be chanting, you know, let's go Cena, Cena sucks at that moment. To me, it just, they're there to get their themselves over. And that's not what the Hall of Fame is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just goes along the lines with, you know, the beach ball bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're there to be a dick, you know, you're taking a seat from somebody that wanted to be there. Right. But it was sold out and they couldn't get your seat because you wanted to be there so you could be a dick. Yeah. And that's, that's not fair to the real fans. Yeah, um, I guess I'll just leave it at that. No, I, to- I totally understand. I feel, too, like most award shows, um, they have minimal outside involvement, quote unquote, and it's really about those in the business and those honoring those in the business. And, you know, there are award shows where there are more people's choice type awards and they have more fans present. So I think they need to still have fans, but I think it needs to be more measured. And there is no reason that there shouldn't be top-notch security. So things like that don't happen. And I agree it should be in a smaller venue. You have billions of dollars. Please. <laughs> That's just tomfoolery. Well, so. I mean, just going back, to, just adding to that, had they mm-hmm. had a stage this year? Right. If they would have had a stage, that never would have happened. Mm-mm. Because nope. nobody ever would have been able to come up from behind him and tackle him. Correct. So somebody That's made a that decision point. and it was the wrong decision. And you learn from it. I get it. Of course, it. You know? yeah. Wrestling has always been about growing pains and learning as you go, and this right. works, that doesn't work. Um, but at some point, you got to use your head, you know? Yeah. You guys, someday that'll happen, I guess. I guess. Let's hope so. <laughs> Let's hope so. But, okay, so there's this other thing I want to ask you about, and that is how do you feel about these several two-time Hall of Famers. And before you answer, (laughs) I'm just going to clue these lovely listeners in. Um, Pops is the reason this episode is happening (laughs) because his talk of the Hall of Fame, how much he loves the Hall of Fame, and of course, Miss Elizabeth is something we discuss. (laughs) I want to say pretty much every time we record, but pretty, I don't know if it's that much, but it's a lot. (laughs) So he inspired this episode and this conversation that we had briefly about two-time Hall of Famers is why this question is here. So just a little tidbit for everybody listening. <laughs> All right, I'm ready for you. Well, you you had me prepared for this question and I, and I really <laughs> thought about it. Okay. Um, at first, I didn't really care for it because mm-hmm. it just, it sounds silly. You're a two-time Hall of Famer. It, it's, you know, it sounds silly, but this is the wrestling business. So then I, I, I stepped back and I looked and there's, there's only three Hall of okay. Famers, two-time Hall of Famers that I know of. There's Ric Flair, there's Shawn Michaels, and there's Booker T. Okay. Uh, Ric Flair went in solo, and then he went in with the Four Horsemen. Well, the Four mm-hmm. Horsemen, they were the 80s and the early 90s. They were the faction. Uh, yep. The the Four is the symbol of excellence to many still today. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my generation, which is older, the mm-hmm. Four is the is the too sweet. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It, you know, some people like to throw up the two sweet. You'll catch me throwing up the four. That's just that's what I grew up with. That's what I love. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then we go to DX. Well, DX was the '90s. They were, other than Stone Cold, they were the Attitude Era. Right. 
without without Ric Flair, there's no Four Horsemen. Without Shawn Michaels, there's no DX. Okay. True. Moving on to Harlem Heat, they're ten-time tag team champions in a Southern promotion as two black men. Yep. That worked for people like Cowboy Bill Watts at some point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who was supposedly one of the biggest racists you'll ever find. I don't know. I never worked for him. Mm-hmm. But all three of those have credentials. All three of those teams, the Horsemen, DX, and Harlem Heat, have mm-hmm. the credentials as teams to be in the Hall of Fame as teams. Mm-hmm. Uh and I'm sorry, but there is a fourth, and it's Bret Hart. I apologize for that. I did not mean to to uh, gloss over that. No, so we good. can add him to the mix. The Hart Foundation. Take those four teams. There's no Hart Foundation without Bret. There's no Harlem Heat without Booker T. Mm-hmm. There's no DX without Sean. There's no Four Horsemen without Flair. So if that means that they get to be two-time Hall of Famers because their teams go in, then I'm, go- I'm okay with it. Um, yeah. You know, the silliness of how it sounds, I guess, in the quote-unquote real world of sports, it probably (laughs) wouldn't happen, but these four, at least, it makes sense. Sure. No, I totally totally agree, actually, Um, especially when you're looking at their impact and body of work. There's no way any of those teams don't deserve to be in Hall of Fame. They, you know, just is. It's the same with Triple H. When he eventually goes solo, there's no, like, who can deny that? Right. So I I totally agree. I think if it were ever to get crazy, then we might change our opinion. But it would depend on, you know, who and, and how they were going to do it. But the way you just explained it is perfect. So we're going to leave but, it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, just to add a little bit. Yeah, no, Martin Janetti. If Marty Jannetty <laughs> were in the Hall of Fame as a solo and then he went in as a rocker, I'd be pissed off that he was in it as a solo. You know what I mean? Right. There's yes. No need, like There's there, no need if he go, but if he goes in as a rocker, hey, I was a huge Rockers fan growing up, so <laughs> I'm cool with that. And then All we right. can make Sean a three-time champ. Why a not? Three-time Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh geez. Now we're just getting out of control. They're not gonna have enough <laughs> fingers for these rings. They're massive. Like they can't even they be worn, like anywhere together. They're they're very big. I actually I have the replica, but I also saw um, the Rock and Roll Expresses, and oh, yeah. yeah, they're 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 not small. <laughs> yeah. Big hands, big rings. I guess I don't know. Crazy. Well, do you have anybody that you want to just mention real quick that you would also see, or you think you're good with your two? I think at some point Terry Funk should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh. I mean, I don't think he is right now if he's not he should be at some point oh yeah the double check i'm not too sure on that either all right well very good i think you made great choices and great arguments and so tell the good people where they can find you and you know talk about this little show that we do (laughs) we do uh this show called did you write this stuff bro or as we like to call it on Twitter, at DYWTSB. You can find my solo account, which I'm sure a lot of people are going to blow up and tell me I'm an idiot, but you can find me at Uncle P 2009 Our show is a part of the Midwest Sports Network, so shout out to them. 
And uh, one last thing is hashtag fig life. Oh, God. Here we go, people. Fig life. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so very much for taking time out of your day to talk with me. Thank you for having me. Hi, everyone. And we're back. And I have a very special final guest for you on this episode. I have Chris with me from the Bearded Impact podcast and everyone's favorite turnbuckle topics. How are you? Doing great, Queen. How are you doing? I'm so good. I'm so happy to have you. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for having me on your show. Oh, honey, anytime. Now, I have been dying since I asked you to do this to hear these choices for the Hall of Fame class of 2020 that we are quote-unquote fantasy booking. So, please, I need to know your choice for this entry. Ooh. So, as I sent you the video, I did a lot of research on this, and I've got so many good quality choices to go in. There are some that are really obvious, so I'm going to stay away from those. Okay. And I'm going to go a bit off the wall, but somebody who definitely, definitely deserves it. He is the current general manager for NXT, William Regal. Oh, I love this. Okay, tell me why. So, aside from being an awesome general manager and an amazing pro wrestling character who I've never seen him break character on television, mind you, whether he's mm-hmm. the man's man or he's snooty Mr. Regal. The guy is an amazing character. Um, in 1994, he was a year into his WCW run. He was the number 18 ranked wrestler in the PWI top 500 a year into his WCW run. He became a four time WCW television champion a five-time WWE Hardcore Champion, four-time European Champion, two-time Intercontinental Champion, and four-time World Tag Team Champion. The man is only a world title short of a grand slam. Mm. And just... I don't even remember, aside from the abomination that was his match with Goldberg, I dare you to find me another Regal match that isn't good the man is a technical marvel which is amazing for a guy his size and definitely influenced many many people later including zach saber jr into what he does today oh you're so right and you know it's so funny when i was thinking about this episode and thinking about all the people that you could pick right and then i thought of william regal and my brain automatically went nah he's already in and then I looked, and he is not. <laughs> He's not, and it was it was very surprising to me as well. It's like for me that was an obvious choice. No for kidding. And yeah, same as you. As soon as his name popped into my head, I was like, Nah, he's in there. <laughs> and well, how wrong are we? <laughs> yeah, I. But that's that's the impression he left on us, especially watching you know, during the Attitude Era and, and shortly thereafter. I mean, his stuff with Tajiri and his stuff with Chris Jericho was the highlight of shows. I mean, um, the the spot of P spot for <laughs> WrestleMania 17 is legendary. Yes, it is. And, but 
Yeah, absolutely shocking that he was not in the Hall of Fame yet. Definitely deserves it. Yeah, and so I'm curious as to why you believe or think that he is not in the Hall of Fame yet. I'd love your take on that. Um, I think maybe because he's not completely done with the company. I mean, he's still working with them in, in a fashion. Um, mm-hmm. they, they could be holding him like in a back pocket for you know when they need to add somebody to the Hall of Fame. Um, I... I had a buddy of mine say maybe they're waiting for Tampa this year since that's right in NXT's backyard. Um, just, you know, a couple miles away from full sale university where he is the NXT general manager. Um, so they may be waiting for that to, you know, get the little hometown crowd. Um, there was some demons in his career, Mm -hmm. um, you know, some, I think it was painkiller issues. Um, but nothing huge. I mean, I don't think that that's certainly not as big as some of the people that are in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah, sure. I mean, just looking over the list, I mean, we've had people that were murdered in a locker room in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, other than that, I have no idea why he's not in there yet, but definitely deserves it. Yeah, he definitely does. And a little off the cuff question, but when he does go in, who do you think is going to induct him? Like who's going to give that speech? Nigel McGuinness. Yeah. Gotta be right. That was my choice too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotta be right. Nigel. Um, I, I just, I don't see anyone else doing him justice being, um, I know it's kind of silly to think, Oh, fellow countrymen, he can do it. But um, Nigel's career was influenced by William. So I, there's a, the connection there. And I, I just think it would be very fitting. I think so, too. It's a solid choice. He'll do a great job, um, especially because of all of that inspiration that he had on Nigel's life and career. So absolutely great choice. And as you hinted at earlier, you had a very long research list. Now, listeners, my friends, let me tell you, (laughs) I asked this lovely man to come on this show and he sent me this video of all of his research. And when I tell you that he is so prepared, he is so prepared. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So I'm because of that, I only said one honorable mention, but I'm going to give you two. Oh. So <laughs> please, who are your honorable mentions? So I'm going to, I'm going to again, pull away from the obvious. I mean, I could go Christian and Vader that everybody wants. Of course. But I'm going to duck away from that. Okay. I'm going to go with one journeyman who is getting ready to retire shortly before WrestleMania. Um, in fact, he's retiring at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh. It is Jushin Thunder Liger. Oh, my God, the man. The man can still go if anybody who saw, um, was it WrestleCon Super Show this year or the G1 Supercard? which I know you were at, right? I was. He was there. <laughs> it was amazing. Man can still go. Um, but mm-hmm. He's won all kinds of titles throughout his entire career, um, including the WWF light heavyweight title, the WCW cruiserweight title, um, the NWA World Welterweight Championship, the IWGP. He's already in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, um, which – they induct people way before their careers are over, and I'm not sure why, but they do. Um, but the guy was in Stampede. He was in WWE, Ring of Honor, TNA, WCW. 
his imprint on American wrestling is all over the place. And I think it's a fitting time to put him in shortly after he retires. And definitely a career that warrants being in the most recognized pro wrestling hall of fame uh, this country has to offer. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, there's not many wrestlers that you can name that have been and had their hand and impact in so many different pots, so to speak. Uh, what a guy. I totally agree with that. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. All over the place, like you said. Uh, and then for my second honorable mention, I've got to go celebrity. Um, okay. She was a big part of WrestleMania 1 and a big part of the wrestling golden age that came about because of WrestleMania. Um, and a lot of it was to do with her connections with MTV and it's Cindy Lauper. Oh, and, and this is another one that I went back and, you know, doing my research realized she wasn't in the hall of fame. And I don't understand how someone who escorts Wendy Richter to the ring at WrestleMania one mm -hmm. has a personal connection with captain Lou Albano, who's in the hall of fame was friends with Hulk Hogan. Who's in the hall of fame was the connection for the WWF back then to get on MTV and use the rock and wrestling connection to grow the business the way they did mm -hmm. without her. A lot of that doesn't happen. So mm -hmm. how she's not in the hall of fame in the celebrity wing. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Like that's another one where I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. But her role was so vitally important. Absolutely important. And I mean, without her, who knows if there's a success in WrestleMania because you don't have all of the rock stars. Uh, you sure. don't have that connection. You don't have uh, the special on MTV. And I'm so important to their success early on. Without a shadow of a doubt. Wow, see, I knew having you on was going to be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So do you have a favorite Hall of Fame ceremony? I do, and it's it's my favorite, and then it has the thing that bugs me the most starting at the same time. <laughs> oh, okay. A little love-hate. Yeah, a little love-hate, but it was one of my favorite, um, actually it was my favorite ceremony. Um, it was 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting to see Sting, who was, mm. well, of course, one of my favorites from WCW, um, the Godfather, uh, the fabulous Freebirds, who just really made me love tag team wrestling. Um, Jacqueline, who was a pioneer for not only women, but African-American women and African-Americans mm -hmm. in general, um, based on her work in, in Texas and the South. Um, and the big boss man who... Anyone who's as old as me goes back to his days when he was, you know, fighting against Hulk Hogan and then became a good cop and was fighting, you know, nails and all those guys back in the WWF. And just, so just seeing all that was just like, yeah, like my childhood and, you know, my influences as a wrestling fan all kind of coming to the stage on the same night. So special place in my heart. Little tear. <laughs> oh, little, little tear. Well, little tear. what bugged you? What bugged me is 2016 is when they started the legacy inductees. <clears throat> oh, yes. And, you know, it, these people all deserve to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. 
but they're sneaking them in without letting anybody really a know who they are outside of a 30 second clip on the video package and giving them the proper induction that they're due. Um, in 2016, it was Mildred Burke, Frank Gotch, George Hackenschmidt, Ed Strangler, Luna Lewis, Pat O'Connor, Luthez, and Sailor Art Thomas. Every single name on that list is a legend in professional wrestling, mm -hmm. especially Fez, Hackenschmidt, Gotch, and Burke, who were all major players in the 40s, 50s, um, even back in the 30s and before. And without them, professional wrestling isn't anywhere near what it is today. <clears throat> And you induct them into the Hall of Fame with a three-minute video and just kind of move on. Hmm. And to me, being, you know, I'm, I go to school, I'm a history major. So for me, this kind of is like just kind of burying history, burying where we've been before. And they've continued it for the next three years afterwards uh, with names like Judy Grable, Haystacks Calhoun, Stan Stasiak. Um, Bruiser Brody, Wahoo McDaniel. And it's like, these people should be celebrated. Like, let people know who they are. Maybe not let people know how, Brosie, how Brody's life ended. Um, mm. But let people know the influence they had <clears throat> on the wrestling world instead of just throwing them into the Hall of Fame because they definitely deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. They, people need to see the influence they had. Um, another one that was in there was Hiro Matsuda that they snuck in last year. That's the guy that trained Hulk Hogan. It's the guy that yeah. brought Hulk Hogan into the business. Um, Luna Vachon was snuck in this year. You're telling me people don't want to see Luna give an acceptance speech? I mean, that would be hilarious. But... I don't know. They've they've chosen to bury them with these legacy awards and just kind of sneak them into the Hall of Fame instead of celebrating who they really are. Yeah, and I think that that's a huge mistake. You know, with any award and any business, any accolade, any performance, and really anything in life, there's a history and a and a culture that's been built before you in order to get where we are today. And just kind of sliding people in there so no one knows and just saying, hey, yeah legends woohoo which it just seems cheap right they should be more um spotlighted more explained because not everyone's going to know these things and i think that's so vitally important to a business especially for the people in the room who do this for their job not just you know for fun yes but also, it's their living, and they have to love it enough to dedicate so much of their time and effort and energy and their bodies. Why wouldn't they want to see or be a part of something like that as well? That's just my thought. But. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the the influential ones on the list, aside from, of course, Luthez, but uh, Haystacks Calhoun influenced an entire generation of giant wrestlers. Mm -hmm. um, Stan Stasiak was a WWF world champion. Uh, Lord Alfred Hayes has influenced a number of announcers after his time in the WWF. Uh, El Santo is hugely influential in Mexican wrestling. Um, and you can't tell me that Luna Vachon hasn't influenced at least two or three women's unique looks in the WWE after she came by. I mean, the tattooed head, the 
bizarre hairstyles, just doing whatever she felt like. Her costumes definitely influenced someone like Asuka. Um, mm-hmm. Tattoos and hair may have influenced a Ruby Riot. I mean, their fingerprints are all over the WWE product today. And to just sneak them in, I think, is doing them a complete injustice. You said it perfectly right there, my friend. I totally agree. And speaking of that and, and the way in which they're plugged in, I'm wondering your thoughts on how Hall of Fame should be produced, right? So this year was in a wrestling ring, and we saw some severe issues with that. Oh, yeah. We've seen it in, yeah, right. We've seen it in smaller venues. So what do you, what do you think it should look like? How should it be made, produced? I I liked the smaller venues, and I know mm-hmm. that that'll make fans unhappy because less people can get in. But I think that might be a good thing, um, mm. because I mean I know last year Haste, or, uh, I almost said Haystacks Hillbilly Jim kind of had a an extremely long speech. Um, yeah, I mean I think Road Dog even joked around that he was still going as this year's Hall of Fame. <laughs> Um, it was long, very long, but there have been times in the past that the fans have kind of hijacked the ceremony as well with, you know, chants or, or yelling out or screaming and it's, you know, thrown the wrestler off who's being inducted or the inductee and they've had to wa- had to wait and pause and, and just kind of, you know, wait for the crowd to settle down again. And so I think maybe reducing the size of the fans who can get in might be a good thing. Um, I know that'll make a lot of people upset because people want to go to the Hall of Fame, but Mm -hmm. we have to remember that the night is for the people getting inducted and for their peers to be able to honor them. And while, yes, the crowd is a big part of their career and without us, really, they're not getting in there, I just think that there's not a whole lot that a wrestling crowd has to offer a Hall of Fame ceremony Um, especially when you start booing Roman Reigns just because you see him on a monitor or, you know, booing John Cena because he's coming out to induct somebody. So smaller venue, less crowd, um, and maybe longer or more thorough video packages that Mm -hmm. really show off not only who the person is, which they do an excellent job of, don't get me wrong, their video packages are second to none in the industry. Agreed. But maybe explain how their influence is felt to today, um, especially for some of the the older award recipients um, in the past. Like when when you had the Freebirds, their influence is directly felt today with the New Day. I mean, they even used the free bird rule when defending the tag team titles. Um, So people like that should be shown to say, hey, this is where they came from. This is the influencer. Here's what you see in today's product that is a direct result of these people. Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe expanding the video packages and really letting people know why these are Hall of Famers as well. I think that would be a great thing to do for the ceremony, right? And it shows not only all of us, but it also shows the person. So I think, you know, when you're getting this type of honor, it's really nice to see the impact that your career, your personality, your life has had on the business that you love so much. And I think that would be really, really nice. I agree. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because none of us are fans without them there. Right. But just some of us don't know why they made us fans. Right. Exactly. And it's nice to be shown such a thing. Yeah. So my final question for you are your thoughts on these several two-time Hall of Famers. So we're getting this new thing where people are inducted solo or with a group and they're now getting two rings. So I'm just curious as to your thought about two-time Hall of Famers. So I had a a slight debate with someone on Twitter about the four two-time Hall of Famers, Mm -hmm. which are, of course, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, and Booker T. Mm Mm-hmm. And his argument was one of these things is not like the other. And I disagree. Booker T, I believe, has more championship reigns than Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart ever did in their career. I think so, too. He's a 10-time tag team champion. The most decorated WCW tag team champion of all time. Mm -hmm. And then after that, yeah, the company was going downhill. But he was, if, if you watched WCW in the waning days, he was one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, to keep watching the show. He was putting on good matches with Scott Steiner, with Jeff yeah. Jarrett. Um, he was able to do things that not a lot of people in WCW were doing because they were the, you know, the old guys club. Mm-hmm. And he brought that success to WWE. I mean he could have easily failed with Buff Bagwell after that WCW main event on raw that one night, mm-hmm. they could have easily thrown him out of the company too, but he had something and his feud with Austin right after that, where they had the supermarket brawl. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> one, of yes. the, one of my favorite wrestling memories is them brawling in a supermarket. Me and, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, he immediately established himself as a perfect uh, fit in the WWE universe. And he's gone on to win more championships. The guy is an amazing pro wrestler. He mm-hmm. was king of the ring. He's an amazing announcer. Well, he's a good announcer. I won't go as far as to say amazing. I like Booker <laughs> T, but at yep. times he does get a bit silly. Um, he's a great analyst and he's a great coach. Um, the Usos and Ember Moon are two of his trainees. I know, right? In the WWE right now. So to say he doesn't fit as a two-time Hall of Famer really diminishes what he's done as both a tag team wrestler and a singles wrestler. And I think it's really unfair to him. Um, He definitely deserves both. He definitely deserves to hold both. Um, And all four of them do. All four of them have huge reasons to be in there multiple times. Uh, Nature Boy, I believe, will be a three-time Hall of Famer one day because I believe Evolution's um, influence on the WWE early 2000s will probably warrant another induction. And possibly if they ever get all their ducks in the row and get a couple people to agree to it, uh, the Heart Foundation, the full Heart Foundation, may go in one day, which would give mm. Brett a third. Um, maybe interesting. I'm just, yeah, maybe I'm just, you know, wishing on a dream <laughs> as a fan. But, you know, between Owen's widow and 
Davies' uh, steroid issue. I don't know if any of them will ever actually get in, the, mm. the, the two of them. Um, but, you know, nine-year-old me that watched the two of them on TV all the time would really like it. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I understand that. And I feel like, you know, Triple H is definitely going in on his oh, yeah. own, obviously. That's going to happen. Um, you know, and if Evolution does go, that would make him a three-time. So... Yeah, it's just interesting to me. I think the four that they have right now unquestionably deserve it. When H goes, uh, he'll deserve it. Um, I just wonder if it would eventually get a little crazy, right? I think it's wherever they draw the line. Right now, it's great, and I think the ones that they have lined up are, are perfectly fine. I have no issue with that at all. They deserve to, and if you think otherwise, I'm not sure that we can be friends. Mm-hmm. And I think my my question is where, where's the line, right? Where does it start to get a little like, oh, okay, this is a lot here. Um, it, it might start getting silly if you, if you keep going from there, like I can't figure out a way for Flair to be a four time hall of famer. I'm sure <laughs> somebody will, but um, no, I think, I think three, you got to tap out. I don't see any, I don't see any wrestler that, that's coming into the hall of fame or already there that can surpass three. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Triple H is going to get in with DX solo and possibly evolution. I think that's probably going to be the top of it. Um, there's so many people they could bring in though, that adding up three, four, five time hall of famers might just get silly, um, mm-hmm. and leave a lot of people out that deserve to be there. Yes. Uh, so I, I do think maybe, three is probably the line and that won't happen for a while. Um, sure. If evolution ever does get in, Randy Orton's going to have to retire first. He's the last one still standing. Yep. That's true. The heart foundation has three of the five members have a hurdle to get over, to get in, whether it's, you know, the steroids, the widow, or your legacy being pulling a gun on national television. Yeah. Um, they've got to get over those before they can get that group in. So I don't think we'll see a three time hall of famer for a long time, Mm -hmm. but we're about to see a parade of two. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Well, it has been my absolute pleasure to speak with you today and thank you so very much for coming on. And I would love for you to tell the good people, the Queens courtiers where they can find you. Uh, you can find me every Wednesday on the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast Network. You've got to search for the Bearded Impact Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we now come to you four days a week, Monday through Thursday. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at TT underscore number four YOU. Uh, and then Facebook, Instagram, all those good places, YouTube, Turnbuckle Topics, all one word. Um, don't forget Top of the Rope Radio on CBS Radio on Mondays, Champions Advantage Podcast on Tuesdays, myself on Wednesdays, and The Rundown on Thursdays. Oh, man. Well, y'all need to go check all this awesome stuff out. I hope you do. And thanks, Chris, again for coming on Queen's Court. Thank you so much, Queen. All right, lovelies. Now it's time for the Queen's Courtiers Questions section. And I've received a couple of very interesting questions this week. I want to thank everyone for shooting these over my way. 
First comes from Matt Granberry at illustriousg40, and he asks, Do you think Forgotten Sons are being booked into the next big faction at NXT? Oh, sir, I'm so very, very glad you asked me this question because I think people are sleeping on the Forgotten Sons, and they were, sadly, as their moniker said, forgotten for a little while. They kind of had a rocky start. They were a Samoa Joe for a little bit when they first premiered in 2016. And then in 2017, they were kind of iffy running around the place. But then in the uh, 2018, they were the Forgotten Sons. Lacey Evans was involved with them for a little bit and mm, whatever. But anyway, so now, as of their most recent kind of past few months, these recordings, things are changing. Things are coming more in the forefront for them. And I really, really, really like Jackson Riker. Like, I really like him. He kind of reminds me of Eric Young from Sanity mixed with, like, Randy Savage, but, like, a mean one. I don't know. Maybe it's the body type or the face. I'm not quite sure. But also kind of like Luke Harper. So if you put all of those people together, that's who Jackson Riker reminds me of. And I think they could be a really huge powerhouse stable. And I would love, and I mean love, to see them fight with Undisputed Era. Now on to my pal, my Queen and Pup Connection brother, JPQ from the No Particular Angle podcast asks, what do you find interesting about luchador masks? Which do you like? Great question, pal. So luchador masks for me, lucha masks in general, the history behind it, I'm a very big history buff person. So masks for me, I always find very intriguing because of the history and the culture behind them. And I like what the luchas who wear these masks have to say. You know, the mask is like a a magical thing. They transform when the mask goes on. The mask gives them strength. It gives them purpose. It gives them status. And it's so interesting and intriguing. But right now, the person whose mask I love the most is Bandito. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, pause me for a moment. Go to the Google machine and type in Bandito and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And then put me, you know, back on pause and listen to the rest. Bandito is so cool. I like his mask because it's different. A lot of lucha masks, I feel, you know, they're very colorful and vibrant and they're a little bit different depending on the lucha. Great Muta's mask, for example, very, very cool and different, right? Than like someone like Rey Mysterio, for example. But Bandito's mask looks like a bandana and the way that it's it's situated on his face it makes him more badass in my opinion so i really 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 enjoy his mask thanks so much jpq hello queen it's max from the badlands podcast you and fellow brain buster jpq have been doing a series on wrestling fashion but what i'd like to know is what is the biggest wrestling fashion faux pas ever in wrestling? Well, Mags, I just listened to this wonderful question. And I thought to myself, I could answer it. And I could answer it right now. But there is just no way that I could answer this fashion question without my pal, JPQ. <laughs> so, for your listening pleasure, here he is. What's hey, that? now. <laughs> there he is. Ask and you shall receive, Mags. 
So this wonderful question JBQ and I have been pontificating on, and we've decided since you are the Mount Rushmore Badlands podcaster, we're going to answer you in a Mount Rushmore style. So I'm going to throw it off to JPQ to give us a start for the 80s and the 90s. Please, JPQ. Thank you, Queen. Thank you for having me on. I think it's important that when we look back at the 80s and all the awful fashion choices that wrestlers were making back then, we have to remember that the 80s in general were bad for everybody involved. But there's one man that sticks out as probably taking the cake as the all-time worst fashion faux pas wrestler of the 80s. And that is none other than adorable Adrian Adonis. And I say adorable because he had a lot of different gimmicks. But the one where he had the platinum hair, he wore the streamers, he wore the pink tights, and he had the little bow ties on his temples. Everything about that look just screamed awful. And so for the 80s, we're going with Adrian Adonis. Uh, moving into the 90s, I think there's only one, one, ty- one wrestler that can kind of take the cake for this, and that's none other than Bastion Booger. Anytime you come out looking like, you know, a, a, a dirty dishwater uh, type of character, you know, you, you just fail on every level. So, you know, when he would hit the ring in that deep, whitish gray stripes across his straps across his chest and and little tights you just knew that you were in for a bathroom type of break so for the 90s we're looking at none other than bastard booger queen who do we have for the 2000s and 2010s there were a lot of things that we could say here as with every decade but the thing that stands out most to me for the 2000s is michael cole's goatee I don't think there's anything to me more faux pas than that thing was. It was horrendously awful. And we could talk about a lot of his fashion sense, but he failed on a lot of levels back then. This goatee, though, takes the cake. It it looked scary. It looked creepy. It looked everything that you would think this type of goatee would look like, but worse. Ten times worse. And I'm so glad it's no longer really a thing. <laughs> Thank God for that. But for the 2010s, JBQ and I are in agreement on this one. The faux pas for the 2010s has got to be Ronda Rousey's shorts and top, specifically those shorts. They're ill-fitting. They're too tight. She constantly moves them. And if she's not in the video game adjusting her gear, then this is wrong because it's not a representation of what she actually looks like. It's ridiculous. They need to go. And so, Mags, those are your fashion faux pas. Thank you so much, JPQ. Hello, Queen. This is Mort from the DYW TSB podcast. Rumor has it that you're after the producer hat from Mort. Is this true? Oh, Mort. Mort, Mort, Mort. What am I going to do with you? So this question is a running joke because Mort, our producer at DYWTSB and of course co-host, does all of our editing for our lovely shows when they come out for DYWTSB. 
and he decides that because I do a decent job at editing that I should be in charge of all future edits even though I hate it. Disclaimer people, I'm not a tech person and when Wilf was like, yeah, you know, you got to do all your tech and you got to have the show. I was like, okay, I will figure it out. And I figured it out. Okay. But it's bare bones easy. Like if I can do it, anybody can do it. I promise. So now Mort keeps trying to put his producer hat on me, figuratively speaking, and he won't take it back. So that's why we have this question. So thanks Mort, you little shit. I love you. And that will do it for this week's episode of Queen's Court. I hope you all enjoyed listening to our fantasy booking, if you will, of the class of 2020 for the WWE Hall of Fame. I had so much fun having my guests on. A big thank you to them again, Pops, Chris, and Rich. And, you know, stay tuned for next week, babies, because I got another great one for you. If you're listening, please go to Brain Buster Radio. Give us that five-star rating and review. Hit me up on Twitter, at TheQueenOfNE, on Instagram, at XTheQueenOfNE. And, of course, you know, if you want your voice heard, honey, you got to send me those questions via Twitter or via my email, which is XTheQueenOfNE at gmail.com. Have your voice heard. It's what I'm here for. I want to know what you want to talk about. As always, enjoy the rest of your day, and please be kind to one another. 